0: Do played out at Montana State on Monday and Montana on Tuesday as more than a dozen former Big Sky Conference standouts ran, jumped, and lifted for NFL scouts. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. A total of 11 former Bobcats, including nine who played on MSU's National Runner-Up Squad in the most recent season and two more who were seniors on MSU's 2019 FCS Final Four qualifier, worked out for 21 scouts on Monday. Among the standout performances included All-American defensive end Daniel Hardy making waves by leaping 40 inches in the vertical jump, soaring 10 feet 7. Inches in the broad jump and running an unofficial time of 4.6 seconds in the 40 yard dash. Other standouts included MSU All-American linebacker Troy Anderson the 2022 defensive MVP in the Big Sky breaking 4 seconds in the short shuttle marking the only time a prospect in the country broke that vaunted mark any position. All-American wide receiver Lance McCutcheon pounded out 19 reps on the bench at a 36.5 inch vertical and broad jumped more than 10 feet. In Missoula on Tuesday a total of 7 former Grizz performed for a group of 7 NFL scouts among the standouts included defensive back Omar Hicks Anu pounding out 21 bench reps, leaping 36.5 inches in the vertical and running under 4.6 seconds in the 40 twice. Wide receiver Sammy Akem did 14 bench reps and broad jumped more than 10 feet. For more on Pro Day's official results, tune in to Nuwana's Now all week long from 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Missoula.
2: of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands. So I dig into my pocket all my money spent. So I could default. but still coming up with lint. So I start my mission, leave my residence, thinking how
1: could I get some dead presidents? I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid, so I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up. What
0: up, Montana? Welcome back. ones now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Appreciate you for joining us here on your Wednesday. Hope you're having an outstanding week so far. This is our last day in studio because we'll be coming to you live from Brett's RV and Marine tomorrow as our remote series with Brett's continues. they got a great another great spring sale on the horizon for you. So we'll be down there letting you know all the details on that. And Friday, we'll be down in Hamilton for the Grizz football spring game. That one kicks off at 6 p.m. So we will have this show from 4 to 6 leading up to that. And then we'll kick it over to live coverage from SWX Montana Television. We are coming to you live through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Now through April 10th, you can get free gas when you shop at Northwest Motorsport. That's right. All you got to do is visit nwmsrocks.com slash free gas. Check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Save at the pump by shopping at Northwest Motorsport. Again, it's nwmsrocks.com slash free gas. Miss anything in the first hour of the show? You can always find it on the Nuanez Now podcast, available on all of your podcast hosting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, as well as the advocates. We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in for our ESPN roundtable for the week, presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Great friend of mine, great friend of the show, but a guy who hasn't been by in a little while, He's Andrew Schmidt. And, Andrew, we'll start with this. You have various titles that give you, you know, the uh, the prowess that gets you invited on this, you know, world-famous radio show. But how would you introduce yourself? Are, are, are you leading with former Grizz running back? Are you leading with NFL agent? Are you leading with burgeoning gamer? What do you got?
2: No, 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 no. Everyone's <laughs> favorite backup running back. Spectacular. <laughs> see, see, that's is, good, is, man. Uh, my favorite handle. Um, and what I like to go by. So, yeah, that's everyone's favorite backup running back. That's my
0: go-to. Well, I will say this. I use you uh, not only because of our friendship, but also just because of uh, covering you guys when you were playing at the University of Montana in the mid-2000s. Andrew's a a year older than me, so we were in school at the exact same time. But I always use you as a litmus test for how great the Montana run game once was and uh, how far it still has to go because back then it was kind of like it didn't matter who you were. You plug you in there, you got a real shot. I mean, I remember your first well, start, what'd you go for, about 150 against I, Sac State? <laughs> Uh, Cal
2: Poly, I appreciate right, you putting anyone right. in there. Yeah, like i am chopped liver. Thanks, Colter. Uh, yeah,
0: if uh, Andrew can do it, anybody can do yeah, it, right?
2: I, I, correct, yeah. You could have put your uh, Maytag repairman uh, in there behind that O-line. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, what's the question? How far how does it have to go? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the, last year they seemed to be doing okay, but... Uh, they're playing like a bunch of guys that are not supposed to be
0: running back. So I, I right. don't know. We'll yeah, no, it doesn't help for sure. And you guys also had just uh, such an unbelievable offensive line stock full of some of the best talent in the country at the FCS level. So uh, the game has certainly changed. We're going to get all the way back around to Grizz football and we're going to talk some masters here in a minute too. But I do want to ask you oh, about yeah. sort of, sort of the, the timely element of this thing. You uh, are an attorney by by profession and you've worked at various levels of being an agent, whether it's for players or coaches, and you've been involved in the sporting world on that ele- in that element for East quite sport, some time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I want to ask you just about sort of the phenomenon that continues when it comes to pro days and, and the testing in general, because Montana had their pro day yesterday. Montana State had their pro day two days ago. And uh, I get asked this all the time when I'm just around the state. You know, does this guy have a shot? Does this guy have a shot? I always say, well, at the end of the day, Mostly all that matters is how they test one day when NFL scouts are watching. So how important is pro day? I mean, how much, how much can it just make a difference for better or worse for these guys, for these prospects?
2: It's a, it's a way to minimize risk, okay? So um, you can you can move up and down a few rounds, so to speak. At the end of the day, what's going to matter is your tape, okay? So if you can play, you can play. But what the scouts want to know is – how much risk do i have if i take this guy what does he run at what is his athleticism what is uh x y and z okay i want i want to know these unknown variables because that can make the difference between a third rounder and a seventh rounder something like that but the tape's the most important thing, um, but in terms of pro days, um, I mean, if you come in and you're all lineman and you do 10 reps on the bench press, they're gonna look at you and say, "Shoot, <laughs> I don't think this guy's gonna gonna cut it." That's a lot of risk, right? He comes in, he does 50 on the bench press. They're gonna say, "Hey, not so much risk." Okay. Same thing with every other position. So that's that's the main thing that pro days are. Um, you know, it kind of just depends on how well guys do, but. You want to make sure that you hit those those combine averages. The, the combine in Indianapolis. If you're any player. You want to do those averages or better. If you do worse than them, you're kind of screwed.
0: One thing that has sort of emerged as a trend is guys not doing the bench at all. And I think that there's some things that go, there's several factors that go into it. One, I think that you can't really help but disappoint on the bench, given the way that college football teams lift now. I think also though a lot of guys have had. Some minor, if not major, shoulder injuries and procedures. So, you know, for example, Moses Mallory from the Grizz did 34 reps yesterday, which would have been the top mark at the Combine because so many guys at the Combine didn't do the bench. Hey, Troy Anderson didn't do it at the Combine. The big D tackle from Georgia who sort of took the Combine by storm, he did not do the bench as well. So what do you think of this phenomenon? Jordan Davis, yeah. yeah, Jordan Davis. I mean, well, as an agent, I mean, would you suggest that to guys to maybe skip the drill that maybe you're not going to perform well
2: in? It, it depends on the position, okay? I, I think it's still important to O-linemen, O-linemen and D-linemen. If I were Jordan Davis, I wouldn't do it, okay, because Jordan Davis is going in the first round. So, uh, like, I, 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 if it can only hurt you, I wouldn't do it, all right? But, uh, I mean, look, it's, it's important to O-linemen and D-linemen. But does a corner or a wide receiver need to do the bench press? No. I mean, <laughs> when, when, when do they really need that? Okay, so I don't know. I, I I think a lot of the a lot of the uh, uh, things that they do the tests are somewhat dumb, um, but they some of them work for certain positions. To have everyone do every drill is is is, is kind of dumb. All right, so like I, I want to see explosiveness. I want to see top line speed uh, for certain positions. I want to see uh, athleticism, but I don't necessarily want to see. You know, if my corner can do 20 reps on the bench, I don't give a damn about that. I want to know what his three cone time is, you know? So it just kind of depends.
0: Andrew Schmidt joining us here on Nuanas Now, self proclaimed everybody's favorite backup running back, but also a guy that's. Uh... <laughs> not,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I did not proclaim that. Someone proclaimed me that on Twitter. I think it was part of the Grizz fan pod, and I ran with
0: it. Okay. Hey, you got to love it. Nicknames from other people are even the best nicknames. But, Andrew, a guy that's worked as an NFL agent for a long time, as well as uh, our masters insider, as it were. But we'll get to the masters here in a minute. But a couple more questions on uh, just NFL scouting, Andrew, because um, you mentioned sometimes it's sort of a, a, an insurance policy, right? You know, you, you want to make sure the guy, you're, you're mitigating risk. But also, it could be the, the difference between, like you said, like a second- and a sixth-round pick, a third- and a seventh-round pick. But when we're talking about guys coming out of the big sky, guys coming out of the Montana schools, we're more talking about guys that are just trying to claw their way to even being a late-round draft pick or getting a, an undrafted free agent mark. So, from an FCS perspective, specifically from a Grizz and a Bobcat perspective, how much can showing out in a really high way help you? How much can just doing sort of average or below average hurt you? Uh,
2: Well, I mean, it depends, right? So if you have all of the accolades and then you show out at your pro day, it it absolutely helps. You know, if you, if you have no accolades and you, and you show out, it can definitely get you a shot, an opportunity. If you have no accolades and and you do bad, you're you're not going to get drafted. You might as well go to try to get into Canada. Um, So, for guys like in this current crop, like uh, Troy Anderson has every, you know, every accolade that there is under the sun when it comes to an FCS and a Big Scott player. And then what he did at his pro day was awesome, incredible. So I think that really helps a guy like that. And it's going, I mean, he's going to be the highest Montana ever drafted. Um, and, and when we're talking about mitigating risk, I don't think there's any risk with a guy like that. Um, even he played a lower level uh his numbers are better than most anyone's, you know for sure. so I, I, for you know the the guy ran a three nine nine twenty yard shuttle which is which is crazy i've never I heard of that. this on twitter no 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 i mean uh, when i played okay i think uh mariani mark mariani was the fastest on our time, on our team with a four point oh two sure okay so I mean, he's quicker than Mark Mariani, which is, and that guy was quick as hell, for sure. And, you know, well, so, and Troy uh, only
0: weighs about 75 pounds more than Mariani does, too. <laughs>
2: yes, yes, and and that the change of direction—it's something that I mentioned uh, at H spectacular on your everyone's favorite running back on Twitter—is I was wondering like what that time would be because on tape he makes up so much ground for sure so quickly. There was that play against South Dakota State in the, in the semifinal where the guy had the angle on him uh, near the end zone in the first half, and he absolutely erased it and tackled the guy for, like, no gain. And I was like, how, that is, how did that guy do that? For sure. And then he tests this, this 399, and, like, there's, there's home cooking and there's hand, hand timing and, and pro days and, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But even if they're off by a tenth, okay. That's still 409, right? That's still incredibly, incredibly fast. Like, that guy has every measurable you want, and that really helped his draft status. I mean, he's, he's going to get drafted in the top 100, I'd say, and, and he's going to be a great pro going forward.
0: Absolutely. Last question on this element of this conversation, then, because I, I do think that Troy Anderson's diversity, the fact that he played quarterback, And not just played it. I mean, he quarterbacked a team to the playoffs. He also has played edge. He's played inside linebacker, outside linebacker, running back. I mean, at the pro day, he threw for the scouts. He ran routes for the scouts. He took handoffs (laughs) for the scouts. But then he also is one of the number one linebacker prospects in the country. But what do you – I know what I see him as at the next level. What do you see him as in the NFL?
2: No, he he could be an absolute – stud linebacker in the NFL. He could be a Luke Keekley type. You know, not, obviously not Luke Keekley I mean, Luke Keekley was... Uh, He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Just, yeah, I, I mean, Hall of Famer, but he could be that type of guy where you put anywhere linebacker. He could cover... Uh, he could, you know, line up on slot, cover running backs coming out. Like, he, I think that's his natural position. Um I mean, it's a, it's incredible to me that and uh, the Bobcats. Okay, I could go on here and get all the the Bobcat fans riled up. But
0: <laughs> you are a Bozeman amazing. native who played for the Grizz. You've been you've been mastering yeah. this art for twenty years. Uh,
2: it's it's really fun to needle them and the little brother. <laughs> but the, the 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 fact that the, that they just go uh, and say, "Hey, play quarterback and just out athlete, and then hopefully we win some games," and they did is. Incredible! It's and crazy. It kind of shows you what, what what kind of athlete that dude is. That they could do that. Like just just go out there and, and be an athlete, and and hopefully it works out for us. I I can't. It's like uh, the Tim Tebow offense, you know, and it worked for the Cats, and I, I'm. I, it's amazing that it did. Except for the thing, the difference between uh, Anderson and and Tebow is, I honestly believe that he's more athletic than Tebow. Oh, significant. So to get- uh, he's tougher. Yeah, and he's tougher, and he has better times, and uh, he's a natural linebacker, right? So for sure, <laughs> he could probably throw. He could probably throw better too. I mean, that guy can't throw. And if he he couldn't hit a he couldn't hit the ocean if he was standing on a boat.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not even an opinion; it's a fact. Troy Anderson's a much better athlete than Tim Tebow. People out there might be like, "What are yeah. you talking about?" No, Troy Anderson ran four four one at the combine. Tebow ran like four seven eight. I mean, you're talking about like yeah. significantly faster and more explosive. I see Anderson because about half the league now runs like odd man fronts. I see him as sort of a like a coverage linebacker. I think if he gets if he gets placed as like a true inside linebacker in a four three, I think he has a chance to get eaten up while he's still developing. But I think if he could be that guy that can bump out to the big nickel sometimes, play in the box, play a little Sam, play a little three four Mike, cover some guys in space. And use his speed. I think he's going to be a long-time pro.
2: It, it's it's going to take him a year or yeah, two, yeah. okay, just to kind of get used to it. But I, I, I honestly only saw him get flat-backed once, okay? Uh, well, actually probably twice. Once was in the semifinals um, and then once was in the national championship game. Um, that usually doesn't happen to him. The thing is, is at the next level, all the offensive linemen are that big and that athletic and that good, okay? So it's going to take some adjusting. But he is every bit the athlete that it takes to adjust and he will once he gets used to that, I think he'll be he'll, he'll be a great pro.
0: Andrew Schmidt joining us here on Nuanas now. he is in the midst of a golf trip. so let's talk some golf. Let's talk some masters yeah, absolutely. First of all, how you how'd you play today?
2: Uh, fine, uh, broke a hundred on a Pete Dye course, which is my first Pete Dye course. Nice. And if anyone knows anything about him, uh, he's a maniac. Uh, at, there's no level shots anywhere. Everything's a ball below your feet, above your feet, uh, undulations everywhere, sand traps everywhere. So it's difficult. Um, and you know, typically for a guy like me, who's you know like probably a 12 to 18 handicap, depending on where I'm at in the season, it's a it's a it's a struggle. <laughs> but it was it was a good day. So I got got the Mount Dive Mountain course today. I got the Dunes course tomorrow, and then I got the Jack uh, Nicholas uh, Tournament course on Friday. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to be watching the Masters kind of while I'm playing too.
0: Well, the Masters gets underway tomorrow. One of the best weekends of the year. I love the kickoff of Major Championship Golf season. Love the pageantry that comes with Augusta. Even if I did proclaim yesterday on the show that Jim Nance annoys me, <laughs> but let's start. <laughs> Let's start with the the lead. That's the lead for everybody. It's Tiger Woods and uh, his return. Unlikely, say some. Uh, completely predictable, says me. Because Tiger is not human. He's beyond human. He's of course he's going to come back and play. But what do you think of Tiger Woods's prospects at this week's Masters? Does he? I mean, he's among the best twenty betting favorites. But a part of that just has to be because he's Tiger Woods, right? I mean, he doesn't actually have a
2: chance to make a run of this thing, does he? Uh, I, I mean, uh, no. <laughs> I, I'm amazed he's playing. But I am too. Here, here's, here's the situation. Like, okay, this is the first time since he turned pro that he's not wearing Nike shoes because Nike shoes are built more athletic and flexible, and his foot is so mangled that it doesn't provide the support that he needs, so he's wearing Foot Joy shoes. Like, uh, You're you're telling me a dude whose leg was also almost amputated and his foot is so mangled he can't wear his shoes is going to make a run at the most elevation change course on tour of the year? I I don't see it. I hope he makes the cut. I hope he makes a run. I'm a big Tiger fan, but it's a little too soon for something like that. I mean, that's going to put a lot of pressure on that leg that was repaired, what, 15 months ago. So... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see it.
0: If he did, though, what would the fervor be like? Because I think that, as much as his last oh, Masters crazy. win, I mean, his last Masters win was one of the most iconic moments in sports history. If he, re, the only thing that could re up that in
2: major championship golf is if Tiger was to make a run this year, right? Uh, well, you you never like discount people who have won at Augusta before, and he's won sure. what like five times there. So I believe so. Um, any of the, any of those guys have a chance. Right? You know the course, you know how it plays, you spend a lot of time there, you play it more than anyone else, you're going to have a chance. And he'll have a chance. I mean, if he, if, if he knows how to play that course better than anyone there at that tournament, so we'll see. I mean, it, it's going to be difficult, though, just due to his injury. I mean, I, I, I would love to be proved wrong and to have him go out and just, like, do it again um but that i mean we'll see but that that the last time he won it i mean i cried i mean i cried on an airplane watching coco all right so like I, <laughs> I, I cried watching i cried watching uh the google commercial with the damn dog okay so uh that uh him winning there i remember him saying he wanted to show his kids that he used to be good at this they'd never seen him be good at golf and he wins the Masters, and they're there, and he goes and hugs, you know, his kids. Like that—that that was a tear-jerking moment for me. So I hope it happens. I don't expect it to happen.
0: Andrew Schmidt joining us here on is Now, ESPN Radio, and uh, he's a lot of things, but he's a, our resident Masters expert. He always loves live tweet the Masters. I don't probably have a different feel of it now that he's going to be playing some golf himself. But still, going to be some entertaining social media content. Well, let's talk about the, the actual yes, real yes. contenders here then in this tournament. Andrew, the uh, the betting favorites are John Rahm and Justin Thomas, but also Vegas has Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, and a bunch of others in the mix here among the betting favorites. What do you think of this field uh, coming into the Masters this year?
2: Scheffler. Scheffler. You
0: love Scotty Scheffler, Bet huh? Scheffler.
2: He's won three of the last ten tournaments, Okay. 25 he's just coming into his own um, I think he's a good uh, person to bet I don't know what his odds are at the moment I haven't looked my... Plus 18 sponsor, plus right? 1800 you're not, so. you're not you're not sponsored by draftkings I don't have to say like no we're not DraftKings. we are
0: sponsored by sports it's bet <laughs> <laughs> Montana but uh, but right okay, now
2: sports, all, right, check, yep. all right there we go so check your local sports bet <laughs> Montana we'll check out the uh, the lines on Sheffler I think he's a, a, a good bet Um just due to the, the run of play. You want a person that uh, that is playing well at the time level, like right now, okay? So I think he's a good bet. Uh, anyone who has won here, like uh, Jordan Spieth, is also a good bet. Um, John Rahm seems to do pretty well at Augusta. Um, I forget if he's won it or not. I think he did. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Um, but anyway, uh, he's a good bet. Um, but those guys, good ball strikers, uh, uh, you don't have to be too long or uh, accurate off the tee. You just have to get, have good irons in Augusta because they kind of let you play. You're playing out of the straw, playing out of the rough, whatever. You can get it to the next hole as long as you have a good ball striking. So you want a guy like that.
0: The, the course itself, and it's what makes the Masters so distinctly unique. Not only the beauty and the challenge of the course, but the fact that it is the same course. You mentioned the sort of the element that Tiger Woods—he has the, the the sort of mental edge, like he knows the exact spots you can get to the the speed slots and all that stuff that exists at Augusta. So, how much does experience on the course do you think? How much does that help these guys?
2: Oh, it's everything. I mean, shoot, in terms of knowing the course, I mean. Uh, we had a U.S. president hit a damn tree so many times that they named the tree after him, the Eisenhower tree, right? <laughs> right. It was on it got, it got hit by lightning and They had to cut it down. But for the longest time, it was just because he would always play there and hit it. So, like, uh, if you know the course like that well, right, they're naming things after you. You're going to have a chance if, if uh, uh, you're late on Sunday and you're in contention, okay, you know how things play. Uh, you're going to have a shot, so um, that's uh, that's number one, right? I think being able to play that course and knowing it is one. Two is your your form going into it, and that's why I like Scheffler, right? Because he's been so hot as of late. Um, but winners are definitely ones to keep an eye on.
0: Well, last thing on the Masters, then what else are you looking for? I mean, what are some of your fun things that you'll be watching, tweeting, all of the above?
2: Well, uh, you know, I'm disappointed that Phil's not playing because he's an easy target to make fun of. So it's Yeah, it's, uh, he's fun to make fun of. He wears those those sleeves that are just a little bit too short, so it shows his flabby arms. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just an easy target. So uh, on, on Twitter, I'm here to kind of make jokes and make light of everything and uh, also provide some entertainment. And it kind of sucks that he won't be providing that for me. So... Uh, that stinks. I'm looking at some outfits, kind of like what guys look like, what, uh, what they're doing. Um, uh, kind of when Ricky Fowler decided to stop wearing monotone outfits, that kind of sucks. But, uh, yeah, things like that um, in terms of uh, uh, the coverage itself, that's what I look for. Anytime I can make a joke uh, about the, uh, the event whatsoever, uh, I'm going to put it in there. Um, so, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I have some standbys that I'm, uh, that I always have ready for the event itself, but, um, people actually have to perform the actions that I need to see to make those jokes. So we'll see what happens.
0: Are Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau going to fight? And if they did, who would win?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> I, uh, I, I really want to like DeChambeau. Okay. The king, the king bro. I I really want to like him Uh, because he's a disruptor, and I hate this idea that you can't be built and play golf. Right. Like, that's the same thing they said in the 70s when football teams were like, you want to be limber, you can't do, you can't lift weights, and those teams got destroyed. And now we realize that, you know, Lifting weights is good for you, right? So Deschambeau gets out of here and starts hitting drives 400 yards, and you're like, oh, yeah, you can be built. I like that. He is just so hard to like. He makes it difficult. He's just such a little oh, dork. I just hate him. Um, so I, I would hope Kepco wins. I would hope. Well, I got to love it, Andrew but Schmidt. Also, Go ahead. Kepka's wife is also hotter. Like she's she's amazing. So I'm going to go with Kepka. She is amazing.
0: <laughs> well, if you're betting on fights between pro golfers at the Masters, bet on the hot wife. You heard it here first. Andrew Schmidt here on the <laughs> ESPN Roundtable,
2: buddy. Let's not. Uh, take well, You have to. I I, I mean I mean uh, he's going to have to defend that, right? So he's got to be tougher than Bryson.
0: That's right. It's exactly right. Well, let's not take so long as we did this last time to get you on here again. But enjoy your golf trip. Thanks so much for the insight I, and uh, I be mean, well. What the
2: hell you had me on a golf season, but not even a football season. I, I don't know. know what's going on. I here, know. Walter, but next time, ask me about what I'm actually good at.
0: I know we need to we need to get you a little weekly deal going on during football season for sure. Andrew Schmidt here on New Now ESPN Radio. Thanks for being here, buddy. Hey, thanks. We'll talk soon. There you go. It's the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. You need a place to watch the Masters? You need a place to watch the NFL Draft? You need a place to watch any of the awesome sports that are going on this time of year? You can always head on down to Paradise Falls. They have 30 big-screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus an early and a late happy hour. How good is that? They also got a sports bet Montana kiosk. So if you want to play some bets on the Masters, Andrew Schmidt says bet Scotty Scheffler. You heard it from him, not from me. I'm sprinkling a little money on uh, Dustin Johnson because I always do. He always breaks my heart. But I'm going to do a little Colin Morikawa. I'm going to do a little Wills Torres. But those are to finish in the top ten, not necessarily to win. And you know I'm going to put a $5 bill on Tiger Woods. Why wouldn't you? Got to do it. Sportsman Montana has a kiosk in Paradise Falls. So head on down to Paradise Falls if you need a place to watch any of the action. Thanks to Paradise Falls for being the presenting sponsor of the ESPN Roundtable as well as of our Bracket Challenge, which just wrapped up earlier this week. Grid Star of the Week coming up, Evan Todd, a Kalispell native, who was the Big Sky Conference Field Athlete of the Week in track and field. He'll join us next to tell us what it takes to pop a career-long throw like he did last week. The Grid Star of the Week coming up. Keep it right here in New Orleans Now, ESPN Radio. It was something in the air. Uh, yeah. he said it was something so appealing, he couldn't fight the feeling, something about it. He knew he couldn't doubt it, couldn't understand it. Branded, since the first kick flip, you landed. Uh, labeled a misfit, a bandit. Cocoon, cocoon, cocoon. His neighbors couldn't stand it, so he was banished to the park. Started in the morning, one stopped after dark. Yeah, when they said it's getting late in here. So I'm sorry, young man, there's no skating in, so we kicked. Well, Lupe Fiasco here for you on a Wednesday. Thanks so much for kicking it. With us It's now ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television You can also stream the show Always on YouTube As well as our live stream And we got a new app ESPN Montana app Launched live today Go search on all your app Store platforms The Apple one Ready to roll The uh, Android one Is on the horizon they say patience is a virtue. It takes a lot of patience to be a javelin thrower at the collegiate level, because you don't get to have all the indoor season fun that a lot of your teammates do. You have to wait till the outdoor season. It's time now for our Grizz Star of the Week. We're going to do some Grizz Star of the Week's featuring some spring sports athletes, including a young man who was recently named the Big Sky Conference, Field Athlete of the Week, after a phenomenal javelin throw a couple weeks back in the debut in the debut meet, excuse me, of the outdoor season. It's Evan Todd, a Kalispell native and a sophomore on the Grizz track and field team. Evan, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. How about you?
0: Good, man. Thanks so much for joining us. We love track and field around here. I always love the specific discipline of javelin because I do think it's uh, such a comprehensive test of athleticism. It takes speed, explosion, strength, all that sort of stuff. So just take us through it. I mean, first and foremost, how did you first get into javelin? Uh, when you were growing up in Kalispell, Montana?
1: um, So my older brother, Shelton, he threw javelin in high school his uh, last two years, and I just kind of grew up watching him, and then once I got to high school, I picked up a javelin and just came kind of naturally to me. I was just naturally throwing it further than the other kids, so decided to stick with it.
0: Well, you got to love it. I, the last time, or I guess uh, the, the most prominent member memory i have of watching you compete i know we've never met before so thanks for coming on the show with us but i watched you up yeah. there in the calispell uh when when the state double a tournament or state double a championship meet excuse me was up there in the flathead and it watched you and and rylan Ort go through a a great battle battle in the javelin it was so fun to watch but it seems like the, in the state of montana javelin because a lot of the states in the union, they don't offer javelin. And it seems like there's so many great javelin throwers that come out of the state of Montana. So did you have any influences growing up? And what do you think of just that element? The fact that there are some uh, some really good na- maybe national level javelin throwers in the, at the high school level even in Montana.
1: Yeah, um, I've made a lot of great connections uh, just in the javelin world. Uh, I had a Stu Levitt as a coach in high school. He was mm. an Olympic javelin thrower. He was a national champion at one point at the collegiate level. Um, yeah, just got I've, I've gotten to work with some great coaches and just make a lot of good connections and friends and yeah.
0: The the dynamic of javelin in college is so interesting to me because in college you have if you're a distance person, you have a fall season with cross country and then an indoor season, an outdoor season. And most track athletes have indoor seasons <coughs> to both chase championships, but also sort of get ready for the outdoor season. But javelin, you can't really throw the javelin inside. So you got to wait for the outdoor yeah. season. So how much patience does it take? Because it seems like it's not necessarily the same training cycle as so many of your teammates. It seems like you have to wait a little bit longer to sort of go out and show your stuff. Yeah, I, uh,
1: I definitely get a little bit antsy during the winter time. I usually occupy myself by skiing or just hanging out with friends, but um, yeah, coming from high school, being like a four-sport athlete, I was always like in basketball or football practice and just doing stuff before and after school, and now it's been a lot different being able to channel like all of my energy towards one sport, and it's it's been really good. Hard work pays off.
0: Evan Todd joining us. He's a sophomore at the University of Montana on the track team there a Kalispell, Montana native out of Glacier High School. And a couple weeks ago, the Big CI Conference Field Athlete of the Week after he had a tremendous throw, a 229-foot and change throw, a personal best. So take us through sort of the lead-up to that, Evan, because you mentioned sort of the off season. What sort of things did you do in the off season to prepare yourself, and how were you able to put together breaking your personal best by more than 10 feet in the first outdoor meet of the year a couple of weeks ago here in Missoula?
1: Yeah. Um, so leading up to the meet, I was again I was really antsy, just really wanted to get outside and start throwing at meets. Uh, <clears throat> but that day, I just uh, it all came together. Um, I hit all the right positions and carried my speed into the throw. Uh, it was a great environment. I had like I had my entire throws team behind me. Had like ten of my closest friends right along the sector line. And my both my parents in the stands, so that was awesome. It was just a really great environment. The whole whole fan cheering.
0: Track is so much track and field so much about peaking and then re-peaking and, and figuring out how to peak at the right time at the championship uh, venues, at the championship meets. So when you do come out the gates and you have such a great start to the outdoor season how do you continue that how do you continue to chase the market and maybe surpass the mark and then maybe replicate or even beat the mark when you're on the biggest stage
1: yeah so i mean that's kind of just the game the game of track you're just always chasing a pr at every single meet um a lot of people ask me about the school record how i was like three three feet shy of it and just kind of want to put that on the back burner for now. I don't really want that to just consume all my focus. My biggest priority is just kind of stay healthy, um, long-term goals, win a conference championship, and then uh, place top 12 at regional so I can punch a take back, ticket back to Eugene for nationals.
0: We got to love it. It should be a fun track season to follow. We will certainly uh, circle back around with you and, and all your teammates as the outdoor season progresses. It's Evan Todd here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. He's our Grizz Star of the Week. He's a javelin thrower for the University of Montana out of Kalispell. And we'll let you go on this, Evan. Saturday, you got the showdown. You got the rivalry. The Grizz, Cat, Cat, Grizz, whichever way you want to say it. Duel in Bozeman. So I know that the rivalry has so much fervor behind it when it comes to all sports, but from a track's perspective. What's it like, and what do you think of this trip going over to duel against the Cats?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to head down to Bozeman and get a uh, smaller meet in where it's just kind of our dudes versus theirs. And, uh, yeah, it's just a little bit slower or a little bit faster pace environment. You, your throws go really, really quick in those kind of meets. <clears throat> but, yeah, really excited to go down to Bozeman.
0: Well, best of luck with it, and best of luck with the rest of your outdoor season. The outdoor season will culminate here in about a month. Big Conference Outdoor Championships, May 11th through the 14th in Pocatello, Idaho. And then, as Evan Todd just stated, got the NCAA Regionals on the horizon May 25th through the 28th in the National Championships. Of course, Title Town, Track Town USA in Eugene, Oregon in June. Evan, appreciate you being here, man. Congratulations on your early success. Keep it going. We'll be rooting for you this season. And thanks so much for spending some time here with us on ESPN Radio.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: There you go, Grizz, star of the week. Moving into the spring portion of our season, it should be fun to highlight some of the great spring sport athletes at the collegiate level from around the state of Montana, particularly at the University of Montana. Maybe time for one more blindside. We'll see if we can get it in. Keep it right here. New Now, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Bet Montana, by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big.
2: is now on ESPN Radio. Know how I feel. It sucks to be like playing themselves to have massive
0: feelings. My head's so slick from my new haircut. My uh, headphones were slipping off. If you're watching. On SWX or YouTube or on the new ESPN Montana app. Maybe you saw the the slippage. Thanks to the folks down at Compass Barbershop. I promise you, Compass Barbershop will give you a more complicated and uh, more fancy haircut than me. My my haircut, I only have about three hairs left, so they just get her done for me. But uh, all you out there with the nice quiffs, you can always go see Compass Barbershop for all of uh, your your hair needs. Mr. Thinking Today's Nuanas is now. Here on ESPN Radio, you can always find it on the Inuanas Now podcast. Available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms and proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, as well as the Advocates. Has your loved one been injured in an accident that wasn't their fault and now you're taking care of them and trying to figure out how to juggle it all? The Advocates can help. You have enough going on. Let the Advocates handle the insurance company, the adjusters, and debt collectors so you can focus on your loved one. If you need help with a loved one who's been an advocate, or it's been an accident, excuse me, call the Advocates Today, 640-4444. We have just a few minutes left here, so let's talk, uh, let's do one more blindside. This actually might lead us to a extrapolated conversation later this week or or early next week. But Andrew, uh, we had our Treasure State Stars yesterday, and I gave the news that uh, R.J. Fitzgerald at Montana State has been anointed the new number 41 at montana state now i know the 41 does not have nearly the luster and the allure of the 37 at montana i think there's been 15 or 16 number 37s at montana this is just the fourth number 41 at montana state a lot of grizz fans will say the bobcats ripped the grizz off i mean i don't know whatever we're just trying to have fun with sports that's not my question though my question is that jace lewis who was the number 37 for the grizz I represented the number phenomenally well this last year, a native of, of Townsend, Montana, out of Broadwater County High School. But he has not yet passed the number along. Who do you think should be the next number 37 for the Grizzlies? Oh, man. Uh, Put you on the spot. It's the blind side, baby. Well, I think it's going to get passed down to another linebacker, right? Is Patrick O'Connell or Marcus Wellnell, right? I think, so. I think that's right. Are you asking me to pick between them? I am o- O'Connell, right? Would be O'Connell the guy? because O'Connell is will be a senior. Yes, and a well-known is a junior. Is, uh, that, is that right? He's listed as a redshirt senior right now. Oh, huh? well, now will be a senior as well. I got See, so this is. I don't know if he still has an extra year because of COVID. Though. This is my biggest. This is my biggest flaw in uh, sports analysis. I have no clue what any of these guys are anymore yeah some guys that I know know for sure for sure especially when they like say that's gonna be their last year or whatever but like well no I, I don't know <laughs> he could be a he could have two years left he could have one year left I don't know uh regardless uh I think O'Connell is the pick there's Ben scuttle great of, word of Robbie Hauk. interesting. That comes with a a shred of controversy. So there's so much lore around the number that the the rules are vague and and sort of arbitrary. So they're not necessarily set in stone. But it's also been a tradition now for this will actually be the 37th year of 37 this upcoming year. So how about that? Very cool. Um, But... It's never gone to someone that wasn't a Montana high school player. right? This is why Robbie Houck, there, there's there's the there's the familial aspect of Robbie Houck, being the fact that his dad is the head coach, his uncle is Tim Houck, who was the first anointed 37. Craig Paulson passed the jersey on to Tim Houck. Robbie Houck lists his hometown on the Grizz roster as Missoula, Montana. Robbie was born yes. in Missoula for sure. I mean, my mom always tells the stories of, When they had season tickets, 8-year-old Robbie Houck sat right behind them, and he was like this football genius that could diagnose defenses when he was like in fourth grade. And it's not surprising that he's such a good player now for the Grizz. But Robbie also moved away from Missoula before high school and prepped exclusively in San Diego. So uh, the implied nepotism aside, should he be eligible for the number if that was the choice? Ooh. It's controversial, I man. I, I can understand why it's controversial. For sure. I don't think I can bring myself to care that much about it. Like you're parsing here. Like we said, I mean, sure. it's a it's a football jersey. I know there's all that tradition behind it. I think there is something important, though, about playing high school football in Montana. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I don't know whether that makes Robbie Houck ineligible, but I just, I'll just i just say that. I think there is something important and crucial about playing high school football in Montana. Part of the, the thing that makes 37 so marketable and so um, well-received is that the, oftentimes it is guys representing for a town like Townsend who no one would ever think of or talk about ever except for the Jace Lewis is number 37. And now Townsend's on the topic of conversation all the time, not the specific town, but just being from there, he gets mentioned. So I agree with you. Uh, if it is going to be somebody, I hope it's Patrick O'Connell, but there is several pretty worthy guys on the Grizz team. Maybe we'll hash that out a little bit more a little bit later on down the road. Well, well it's not like Robbie Houck is unworthy of it. You know, he, no, for he sure. fits what it means, you know? For sure, for sure. I just think that there'd be a lot of, uh, I don't know. It's too complicated. Let's just keep it what it has been and, and maintain the tradition. We'll be back at Nuana's Now from Brett's RV and Marine tomorrow. Regime Seabrook will be riding with us. We'll see you then at 4 p.m. In the meantime, have a great evening. It's Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the Advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the Advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an Advocate.